This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Gooners All back again with you guys for another episode of our Eat Sleep Arsenal Repeat podcast. We've got more injuries than Arsenal do right now, unfortunately, <laughs> with uh, both Raj and Owen out uh, due to illness. Uh, well, actually, yeah, just due to illness, both of them. No sporting injuries to speak of, but they're just feeling a bit under the weather. Um, but they send their well wishes and hopefully we'll be back um, for next week's show as we try and get back into more of a schedule with these shows. We know we've been pretty bad recently, but there's been a lot of football on and a lot of things going on in everybody's worlds. Um, but uh, we are back and two of us are fit and raring to go. I'm joined by Sophie. How are you doing, Sophie? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? The good news is I don't think the lads are long-term Gabriel Jesus type injuries. Mm-hmm. So that's the good news. That's the good news. Yes, yes. If you want to send me either of them your well wishes, I'm sure they would appreciate that, listeners. As I said, I'm I'm being serious when I say we've got more injuries than Arsenal because we genuinely do. And that's a that's a really strange thing to have just one player out now at Arsenal. So when TGT's got more injuries than than Arsenal do, we must be in a pretty good place. Bradley, this is indeed live. I thought we'd do because it's just us two, uh, a very uh, special evening live show instead. So uh, for the first time, the Eat Sleep Arsenal Repeat podcast is indeed live. Um, and uh, we'll be taking some of your questions a little bit later on in the uh, in the show. But uh, because it was just me and Soph, and because it was slightly later in the week, and we've got a preview show tomorrow, I thought, let's just do this live and uh, and have a chat. So Sophie, five, I was going to say 5-0, but 4-0, uh, it nearly, nearly was 5-0 on a number of occasions. But uh, 4-0 win against Everton, massive, massive uh, fixture, and now three wins on the bounce. We've really turned things back in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely love seeing this team do well when faced with adversity this season. That has been, I think, a huge growth spurt for them. You know, falling Mm. off the cliff mentally last season and then kicking off the way we have and it hasn't really stopped. And people have kind of been waiting for, you know, the moment. When is it going to stop? They And I really don't like the Leicester comparison. Can they keep doing this? I mean... Leicester City was talking to. Who do you think you're talking to? 
do you know who I am? (laughs) I mean, please, this is the Arsenal Football Club. I get why people go there, but um, I really actually don't understand it. And so for me, those milestones have been massive. We've seen them in games as well. You can go back to the season where, you know, we lost uh, in dramatic fashion against Man United. We bounced back from that, went on a run. Um, you know, in the Fulham game, you make a mistake. Gabriel makes a mistake, scores the winning goal. Uh, Saliba scores an own goal. I don't know. I can't remember if that was this season or last season now, but we're slowly showing this trait of adversity and overcoming it. And I think that's been huge for us, you know, especially at this point where a lot of the times in our seasons we've seen, you know, it's that time where Arsenal just go a little bit Pete Tong and, it's not happening and to bounce back the way we did and also to kind of get the home form back on track, Tom, the clean sheet, massive, that save at the end uh, from Ramsdale, uh, all of those components coming together in, for me, what was a championship winning type performance, not great in the first half, but turned it on and destroyed the other team in the second. It, it's one of those where it got to like 30, 40 minutes in before we scored and I was like, hmm. Like is this is this going to be that missed opportunity we talk about? Because we weren't we were struggling a bit, you know, to kind of create the real openings in the game. But we've got so many really kind of standout players that it just takes one moment, you know, and it just opens the floodgates. And Alexander Zinchenko is for some reason playing rights eight midfield <laughs> when he sets up the Kaisaka. Um <laughs> Uh, that honestly, this kid, he, he just breaks the laws of football with his positioning. Um, mm. And if you're an opposition side and it's your job to mark Zinchenko, A, you're probably a right winger to start with. So you're being dragged across to the other side of the field if you are going to stick with him. But it, I think it's peak Arteta. Do you remember the days where we used to kind of question like, what is Mikel Arteta's style? Yes. What, what does he want to achieve? It turns out what he wants to achieve is utter chaos for chaos. the opponent, like complete confusion and baffling of the opposition. So they haven't got a clue who to mark, who's going to pop up in which position. And I know that us two, you know, to you know, get our own big boots or whatever, if you like, but us two were really championing the idea of signing Zinchenko in the summer. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who felt, why do we need to sign Zinchenko? We've got Tierney there. You know, is he going to play enough? Is his injury record good enough? Is he a Man City cast off? But my goodness, he is just so good, isn't he? There's so many things I want to say about this guy, and I don't even know mm. where to begin. Um, but I guess the beginning is the best place. And that is signing him was massive. And I know for a fact, you. I've talked to opposing fans. They talk about signings that got away. Zinchenko is one of those for a lot of clubs and fans um, this season. The other thing too, your comment about chaos. I said on the post-game show yesterday in that first half, and I asked Kevin this on Monday's show, because I said the introduction of Trossard especially, Tom, and you're much more of a tactical genius than I, but that's where I truly saw the chaos come to life in a different way. I think Jesus has caused disruption in a uniform fashion, in a um, we understand exactly what he is, what he does. The introduction of Trossard in the position over Eddie has infused the chaos, I think. And I said to Kev, I'm like, Martinelli's going here, Trossard's going there, they're, cross, they're crossing over. I think the last time I saw us really do that and confuse the opposition when he felt like he had plays was an away game 
was it at Burnley or Fulham? I can't re- And I think Willian was still playing and he was swapping with Pepe and they were making like the team dizzy and stuff like that. And of course, we've played a lot better since then, but we just haven't been able to do that because he hasn't really had a, a total team to be able to. But my goodness, the new players, the, the quickness of Jorginho passing the ball forward, what Trossard offers, the interchangeables, I find it like incredible to watch. And I really loved watching the last two games because for the first time in a long time, I saw Mikel Arteta go to that plan B, right? Or a- actually execute something a little bit differently than we've seen. Now, it may be the same thing, but it's coming off really differently with different players, Tom. Um, so I don't know if I'm talking out my behind, but when I was watching the last two games, the first thing I thought to myself is, wow, and if you're a defender, you do not know where to go. Like We're making them dizzy. You know, we're causing so much chaos and confusion. And I love that. And I feel like it's a bit of a trump card going into the final games of the season. Does Jesus come right back into the team? You got Trossard, you know, even again, not scoring, but what he does for the team is incredible. Uh, you've got Emil Smith Rowe now, who came on. Wonderful to see him have a few minutes. I mean, it's there for us to cause chaos, and I think that he's he deserves credit for kind of introducing or bringing that. It feels new, is it? Yeah, I mean, it is new because I think that. Well, I say it's new. I think it's actually more familiar because if we think back to Jesus and his influence on the team, um, and I think that Trossard's and where he's coming to the side and Zinchenko and what Zinchenko is definitely new. I mean, there's no doubt about the role he plays in the team. That's without a doubt, it's new. Yes, but what Trossard has brought is is just a familiarity from what Jesus was doing. It's obviously elevated. Martinelli's game back to to what it was previously. Yes, and I don't want this to come across as a, a bash of Eddie and Ketty because it's not. Because you know we were five points in front of City before the World Cup before we lost Jesus, and you fast forward eleven games after the uh, the World Cup, we're still five points ahead of them, and that's entirely without Jesus. And Ketty has been playing for eight of those eleven games, um, nine of those eleven games. Um, so. You, you can't start pointing fingers at Nketi and say he's not good enough because we've maintained the gap with him at striker. He scored big goals against Manchester United, West Ham, Brighton. You know, not necessarily easy games, especially the, the latter two. So I think that when it comes to tactically looking at what Trossard has done, if I don't, and this, you'll know the answer to this question if you've seen my Twitter or the article I wrote today, but do you know how many passes were played between Martinelli and Trossard yesterday? 300 <laughs> zero really yeah we they didn't pass to each other once something passes that's yeah. insane that is mm. an insane stat mm. and i think are you that, serious yeah they didn't pass to each other once and the whole thing is that the irony is and i did a piece about this today where uh eddie and martinelli have passed to each other only in single digits in terms of passing combinations uh, since they first started playing together in that game against West Ham. And in one of the games against Man United, they didn't pass to each other once. And so there's kind of this misconception that started to grow that, well, they're not passing to each other. So clearly this is not a relationship that can work because they just don't pass to each other that often. And then when Trossard started against Leicester at centre-forward, Martinelli and Trossard passed to each other 11 times and they broke into double digits immediately. And one of those passes, of course, was the the assist that led to the goal. 
But in this game, they didn't pass to each other once. And it's it's because the passing is not what it's about. The, the positioning of those it's two the movement. and the areas and the movement of where they mm-hmm. occupy, that's why the relationship works so much. So much. Because Trossard moves left, Martinelli moves more centrally, and that's how obviously we got the goal against Leicester through Trossard moving to the left and then playing mm-hmm. him through. So if you do get a pass involved, it can work. But it's actually the positioning of both of them, the fluidity, the, the chaos that we've already talked about being caused and where they work in similar spaces but know where each other are so they always fill up a different area of the pitch at the same time actually creates the, the, the dynamic, I think, that raises the level of the team. But the irony is, is that Eddie Nketiah comes off the bench, goes into the left half space and crosses to Martinelli, who's in the middle, scores. and scores. So the argument then that they, they can't link up or they don't work, again, then gets completely thrown out the window because you've then got a goal that's created by Nketiah moving into the left half space and crossing. It's, it, I, I love it all, to be honest. I think it's great. I, 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 think, it's, I think it's brilliant. So I think it's, a, it's fascinating. I never knew that, I, and I did not see your tweet. So... When Trossard and Martinelli play together, and Ooh. obviously you've got Saka on the other side, does that mean, let me ask you this, are they more reliant on the ball movement from the midfield versus, you know, I mean, Eddie to me seems like the type of player, he holds the ball up well in situations, especially when we're ahead in the game, but he he's not the the player like who comes and hunters hunts and gathers right a lot of the time he likes to wait for the ball as well so does that mean when Trossard and Martinelli are playing versus someone like Eddie who's very direct Tierney very direct are they more reliant on Odegaard and Xhaka's movement I think they're I think it's a necessity you know you like Jesus drops in grabs the ball brings it forwards you don't necessarily get that in the same way as you do from Trossard and that I still mm-hmm. think that Martinelli goes deep and Saka goes deep, but you, they do they will rely upon the service. And, you know, Martinelli, uh, no, sorry, Erdegaard in particular, I think, if you look at all the games Arsenal have played well in this season, Erdegaard's always played well. Mm-hmm. And actually the games in which we've struggled a bit is because Erdegaard's not necessarily been on it as much. Um, and he's been rightly, you know, there's been some due criticism of, of the fact that he's not necessarily showing his top, top level every game, but it's like 90% of the time we're still seeing it. And I think that, that that is the biggest element and ev- evidence to your question is that when Erdegaard's not on it, we necessarily can't play in the same way as effectively. Um, in terms of the movement, I've got some um, print screens. Hold on, let me find where I put it, them. I think this is Because the, mo- the movement, um, it's not like in first half versus second half as well, Tom. Here, let's take, let's, uh, take a look at this. Gabriel Martin. Yeah, so... Uh, if I zoom in on, let's go to this one. Um, mm-hmm. So this shows you the for the second goal. Like that's a front three, but Trossard's on the left wing in that image. And exactly. Martinelli's the Martinelli's one through the middle. the middle. So those two have interchanged in that moment. And then obviously as it progresses, uh, Martinelli's obviously got the ball off Sackers after he's robbed it. But there's actually another chance um, in this image down here. So Martinelli's on the left wing here. He's come inside. Trossard's in the middle. Odegaard nicks the ball away from the uh, the Everton midfielder. By the way, I saw a stat today. Martin Odegaard has the most ball recoveries of any player in the Premier League. I thought that season. stat was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that meant? That he's in the final third. Yeah, in the final. It's insane. That's an, insane. Is it in the final third? I think the, it's the in the final third. Record. Yeah. Maybe. That's maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the one of the... Yeah, yeah. The, I'll uh, try and find someone in the chat might know, could, but I saw yeah. that stat. That's meant. I thought it was something like over... 
four. Not oh, I, I thought it said over four hundred, but I, I think it might it, be. Over it, did, it was. It was over four hundred. It was over four hundred. That's mental. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, you can see the positioning of them. Martinelli's come inside to support Odegaard, who's obviously another ball recovery there. Um, as soon as Martinelli picks up the ball, Trossard sprints to the left hand side, so that when Martinelli's then through, he's in a situation where he can feed Trossard, he can feed Saka, he can feed Xhaka. Unfortunately, he does a little bit of a Martinelli and shoots. He just takes it. <laughs> it was so aggravating. I know exactly that play that you're talking about as well. Yeah, look yeah, up, yeah. Marty. Look up. <laughs> yeah, that pass to Trossard is so there to play. Yep. But that's mm-hmm. the bit of Martinelli's game that he needs to develop that little bit more, is that we need to see him look up a bit more because sometimes he does run with his head down too much. And I think that's a part of Martinelli's game that we need to, to improve. But it's that movement you can see of Trossard instinctively moves out of the centre space onto yes. the left. And Martinelli coming through just instinctively moves more central. It's, yeah, I, I, I think it's great that we've now got this kind of fluid front three. It's very Liverpool-esque um, in terms of when they won the league with Salah, yes. Mane and, and Jota or Firmino um, because all, th- all three of them, you saw Mane go centrally, you saw Salah come centrally, you saw Jota pull out wide, even Firmino was pulling out wide. It's very fluid and I think that's what Arteta wants from his team. Okay, so this is going to become the Ask Tom show, but I love it because I learn a lot as well. On the, I love being a sponge on the tactical side because I'm learning even more um, on that front. So when we play, there's been times this season, like in the second half, I, they didn't know what hit them. We played with so much speed. It was like champagne football. I know Everton are really bad, but I really don't like that analogy. One one minute, every game in the Premier League is a tough game. And then the next minute, it's like it's only Everton. So, Kev, um, Kev uh, Tom, when we've played pedestrian <laughs> football, <laughs> when we played pedestrian football this season and there's been Ooh. no speed, why? Why has that been in your estimation? It's, it's a fair question. Um, I think one part will be, again, like I talked about, if Erdegaard's not quite clicking. Um mm-hmm. I think tiredness comes into it. Arteta's played the same team pretty much throughout the whole campaign. It's only like one or two players you see tweaked. And I think fatigue maybe does play a bit of a part in that. So if you think back to the start of the season, Arsenal would come out the blocks like a rocket, you know, and, yeah. and would really, you think about the Liverpool game where we scored in the first And like, Tottenham minute. at home. And yeah, exactly. And we, I don't think we've necessarily done that in in as much in 2023 so the fixtures have come thick and fast we just had the world cup there was all the recovery from that and i think maybe there's something to be said about fatigue and maybe that's where come the end of the season if we do say fall apart in the title race i think fatigue might end up being the main factor as to why because mm-hmm. we just weren't able to sustain it across the whole campaign i'm hopefully that we will and especially because we brought in Jorginho and trossard who are proven to be massive assets hopefully we can keep it going but it's yeah. going to be very tough. But it's it, I I don't really know to to put like your finger on one key thing. Why do we sometimes play a little bit more pedestrian like in some games over others? You you watch any team, no matter how good they are. Sometimes you have an off day. You know, right. sometimes you have games where you're just not at it. Now, the the sign of a championship team that the cliche is is that when you play badly, you still win. And I think there's been games where we've done that this season. You think of Leeds away. Is the mm-hmm. obvious candidate for that. Um, you know, the game that arguably Aston Villa, I know that we dominated that game, but 
the sec the first half was poor. Like we were really poor in the first half. And and Aston Villa, even though they only had two chances themselves, you know, they were clinical and they took those chances. And, you know, they also had chances in the second half where they could have won it themselves if it weren't for a Ramsdale fantastic save onto the crossbar. And I think that in the Everton game yesterday, in the first 30 minutes, Everton created two or three chances, you know, that, that if they'd have maybe mm-hmm. been a bit more clinical with or played the right pass, they could have easily been one goal up. Yeah. And I think they were very well we, organized. Yeah, they're very well. And Sean Dyche does that. You know, he has that mm-hmm. with his sides. I think it's Arsenal are a very good confidence team. And we sometimes need that spark like we got with Saka's goal to really click into that next gear. We used to do it just from the off. But for some reason in 2023, we've needed that little bit of a kick, I think, to, to get us to kickstart us. But yeah. I'm hoping that maybe that that starts to come back what we saw at the start of the season. I felt like um, as well, the difference to last season in terms of when we started to kind of collapse in some of those results, you know, when you have Jorginho to come in and deputize Mm. for Thomas Partey and you've got Trossard as an option, you know, left down the middle. I mean, these are fundamentally different things. I did feel like when Jorginho played, you know, Xhaka, I don't think you could accuse him of doing this as much since he's played more box-to-box like this season. But Jorginho's forward passing and the quickness of that, I think is could be a trump card for the rest of the season because, you know, I, I know he didn't play as well in the last match. And I love that Mikel Arteta had no qualms about subbing him. You know, a Euro winner, Champions League winner. It was Ill, Everyone apparently. knows... Yeah, but everyone knows. Everyone knows that this is a a squad's, you know, effort. Tom, no one's going to be offended by that, right? So I find like his, even though Thomas Partey came in and was brilliant in that second half, the more of that kind of quickness was coming from the flanks versus that quick passing down the middle from Jorginho. So there's there's a great balance to it, right? You win with one, you win with the other. I don't know what your take on on that was like just the fact that he, the way he quickly passes that improves us so much, I think, especially in the latter part of games. You know, I've raved about Jorginho, you know, in the last couple of games, well, last three games. Um, I thought he was good against Man City, even though we didn't win. Um, but when Partey came on, it was just like, this is our game that we're taking it by the scruff of the neck and we're going to score three, four, hopefully five, six, which yeah. we couldn't, couldn't quite do because there's something about Partey that I think just, it just gives you that energy to to progress the ball. And and I don't it's difficult to talk about that without sounding like you're saying Jorginho doesn't do that, because he does. Mm-hmm. And he and I, there was a pass against uh Leicester where he played the ball to Saka straight to Saka. through. Yeah. And it was such a good pass. And I wish he could do that more frequently, but I don't know why he doesn't, because <laughs> he's clearly capable of it. But Partey just finds that ball out to Saka all the time. He loves playing that ball in behind to Saka, and Saka really benefits, I think, from Partey being on the field. So, and his energy is good. He's got greater mobility, of course. And I don't like talking about mobility too much because I think people do put too much emphasis on the DM needing to be like an N'Golo Kante Lightning that feels fast like or... he's got two players mm-hmm. on the pitch at the same time type feel to them. Because I think you can have players like Jorginho or Rodri or Sergio Busquets that aren't as mobile and that still their presence is still so important to the team. And I think Jorginho can be that for us. But, you know, there's no doubt that 
I don't know if you saw. Did you see the um, the clips of the overlap on Sky? Gary Neville, uh, Jamie Carragher, and then you had James Gunnerblog was on it, mm-hmm. and I can't remember the guy who was the City fan. They basically did Arsenal versus Steve. City. I think Steve's the Steve Macken. I, I met Steve. Steve. We did uh, the transfer deadline day together. Yeah, he's a pretty good Man City um, YouTuber. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. Um, he was basically saying, like, when Arsenal play City, like, he's not he's not worried about when Arsenal come to to City because you know you just look at the evidence of the games we played against them. You look at City's spine; it's you know De Bruyne, Ruben Diaz when he's back, Haaland. and James turned around and was like, "Well, you've not played Arsenal's spine yet. You know, you've come to Arsenal when they've not had Thomas Partey and they've not had Gabriel Jesus." Yes, they've had Saliba and Gabriel, and yes, Jorginho's a decent fill-in, and certain Ketty's been doing all right. But when we go to City, the idea is that Arsenal are going to have Ramsdale, Gabriel, Saliba, Partey, and Jesus, fingers crossed, touch wood, all available. And then he, he kind of just went a bit like, oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> like he was like, it's mm, a fair point, you know? And James made a, it was a really good point well made, because they haven't faced that yet. They've not faced Arsenal with their spine. They are... We saw the poster there about how lucky Arsenal have been this season, right? Oh. Um, so, but I, for I City to come in, in the most important game of the season, for City to come to the Emirates and face an Arsenal that don't have not only their number one striker in Gabriel Jesus, but arguably their most influential, important player in Partey. I mean, how lucky can you get? Yeah. as a title rival to get that is like us going there and them not having De Bruyne and Haaland like that's it's, it's that is the level of influence we're talking yeah I I took the bait on that because I just couldn't stand that comment <laughs> at all not for a second yeah. because you know I mean you could say that about every single team this season you know and the I thought the Liverpool example was actually quite pathetic because I'm like really you're you're giving them as Luis Diaz as an example. They've been really bad all season. Whoever's facing yeah. them has had a good chance yeah. of of beating them and stuff. But what I like is that you know that's why I wanted to ask you the question because clearly you could see Thomas and the effect he had on the game in the second half. But you've also clearly been able to see what Jorginho has brought to the table, especially in those first two appearances, um, how he progresses the ball at speed. Um, to the point where sometimes Xhaka, I felt, has had a few errant passes in the last few games, not quite sure or aware of, you know, not not that he can't play with him yet, but I just think Xhaka is one of those players maybe who might be tired. He's played so much football, right? Um, but I, I just think that it's so different this season with these play- these two players. You know, Alisson and Van Dijk were the two players with the ice with the icing on the Premier League cake for Liverpool. And I remember people taking the total piss out of Liverpool, like playing 72 for Van Dijk. And, you know, Alisson came with a better reputation. But those two signings changed the trajectory of them and their ability to win the Premier League. You know, that was that was it. That was the puzzle. And they did it. And I, I think that Trossard and Jorginho, just having them as part of the squad, being able to come into certain games, Tom, and Europa League, it's massive. I've I've not felt this this way going into a close of the season, thinking God forbid if something happens to someone, we're up shit creek without a paddle. Yeah, and, and as you say, you know that that is thanks to players like Jorginho and Tommy Asu and Tierney, um, that and Edu, who's brought in you know the the squad, and we've reinforced it. <laughs> 
Um, I know our, the listeners get probably a bit fed up and bored of me waxing lyrical about Edu, and, <laughs> and, it, and it is because I, I, I get I got so frustrated with the amount of hate that he receives and mm-hmm. the constant the fact that on deadline day Edu was Edu out was trending was a pathetic travesty, like, and you think about the business that we've done and what it's done for us. You know, that, imagine imagine having to look back on your on on deadline day and thinking I tweeted Edu out now, like I just, I, I get the whole social media storm and all of that, but we're where we are because of the the, the collaboration of of so many people and that includes mm-hmm. him. Um, but we 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 nearly missed the opportunity to to segue <laughs> rancid pumpkin getting a good joke in there, um, but um, in terms of the segue where we were discussing the spine that the city haven't faced the excitement is that Gabriel Jesus is to come back. And when he does, I, I just want to get kind of your feeling about what you think the potential of this team is now with him coming back into the fold. Caged animal. This dude feels <laughs> slighted that he has not been able to participate in the Arsenal football over the last few months. Uh, He's going to be... I don't feel like we should talk about this coming in as a new signing or a Mill-Smith-Rowe. They're both recovering from, you know, very difficult injuries and we don't want any relapse. So here's the exciting thing, Tom, for us. A little bit like I was saying with Trossard and Jorginho is that there's no need to rush him. We're not losing games, right? We've found our feet. We've coped really well without him. So there's no need for Arteta to take any risks for a play that we're going to need, you know, and and he can give us that X factor back again. Because, you know, I think Trossard's added another element now. So I say don't rush him back, but my goodness, to have him back is massive. Talk about him coming on. So you've just had Martinelli or Trossard run at you for like 70 minutes, and now Jesus is coming in to close the deal or press or do whatever wonderful stuff he does. That is not. That's finally where we are. Where we're at as a squad to have those epic changes coming off the bench, and it's huge for us. Him and Emil Smith Rowe coming back at this time, Tom. I mean, fingers crossed. If they both, you know, can stay fit, not, you know, re-aggravate anything. This is huge, huge. Yeah, it's massive. Um, I, I, I'm just so excited. When I saw that picture of him on social media. Um, so, oh, I can't remember who I was podcasting with. Um, but someone said it was like feeling like a kid at Christmas. Uh, like it, yeah. it really had that feeling of we're so good and we've got this guy to come back in. Like we were so good and yet we've not had our nine. We've not had our Harland, our Salah. Our Salah and Harland has been gone for for three months. You know. And we're getting, well, more than that, you know, four months. We're getting Tom, him back. Um, Tom, yeah. it's, um, it's when he went down injured, all of us felt the mm. sky was falling. This is yeah. This guy is the reason we were top of the league. Of course, it's a team game. But he was an integral part, the missing piece, him and Zinchenko before Zinchenko's injury, to get Arteta to where he wanted to play football in the Premier League. You said it at the beginning. What was Arteta's style? What has he been wanting to do? Well, we're really seeing all of the rainbows of the color, the colors of the rainbow with him in his football toolbox this season. But this guy is insane. I mean, what he he's to get him back when we're getting him back, I think is for us 
Um, when you look at Chelsea and the money they've invested, when you look at, you know, Jorginho, 12 million, look what we paid for Zinchenko and Gabriel Jesus. Tom, um, Tottenham won the summer transfer window. All of these things that we've had to face <laughs> as a team, as a team yeah. on the pitch, off the pitch, as fans in the media and pundits, but we're still here. And that dude hasn't even been playing. And Spurs won the transfer window. <laughs> Parade incoming. Well, as if my, like, as if, um, you know, the Wednesday night couldn't get any better. Grimsby knock out Southampton, which means when we go to Chicago, we've definitely got a game on the weekend, which I thought we were going to have to wait until the, the quarterfinals <laughs> of the FA Cup. So I was so sure, you know, Southampton would progress or we'd be on our, sitting on our hands praying for... Uh, for them to get knocked out. That happened. And then Spurs go and get knocked out of the FA Cup. It's just so glorious, isn't it? Wow. It's just, you know, being an Arsenal fan has been a miserable place recently. You know, in recent years, in recent seasons, since the last time we won the title in 2004, you know, yes, we've won an FA Cup, you know, four times. And we've got to a Champions League final, you know, since that last title. But, and a Europa League final but, but, and a semi-final. Yeah. Twice, yeah. Um, but we've, yeah, there's been some lows. And it's just, it just feels like everything's come to a head and we finally feels like everything that we went through. And I know that teams that, or fans of teams that support, you know, lower league sides or teams that fat battle relegation will probably listen to this and probably want, you know, feel sick in their stomach that we're as Arsenal fans talking about like this. But context is always important. Um you know, just to see this team and the project come to where it is and getting to the point where, you know, we're progressing um, and how so many people are hating it as well. <laughs> it's <laughs> so glorious, isn't it? Tom, I say yeah. to Kev all the time, the reason why, it's not like we're throwing our toys out the pram. I mean, some fans do. It's not like we're ungrateful. Maybe some fans are. When you've stayed at the Four Seasons, it's really hard to take a room at the roadside motel. And, you know... We're the bathrobe slippers, and that's been our experience as fans. And, you know, we haven't had the sticky floors, you know, where you put the towel down to just get to the bed at the roadside motel. We have been living at the Four Seasons. And in the Premier League for almost 20 years, we've kind of been hanging out at the roadside motel. Even when you look at the Champions League qualifications, they amounted to one final. And we didn't even do anything with the money, really. So here we are, you know, Arsenal 2.0. I mean, you you put them in cups, right? That 71 double winning team. You've got the 89, the George Graham era. Then you've got Arsenal and the Invincibles. I mean, this can be that, especially for the new generation of Arsenal fans. Like to see Arsenal, we have fans that have never seen us win the Premier League. That's crazy. Yeah. That is mad. It is mad. And I've always talked about one of the most important things about Arsenal getting back to the top is to inspire a generation of new Arsenal fans. Because I'm sick of living down south and there being Man City fans around me. That's a joke. (laughs) It was a joke when I had Man United fans as a kid growing up around me thinking, like, where are you born? They're like London. And I'm like, great. (laughs) What are you doing? Uh, And now, you know, when I was a teacher and you'd have like... um, a P lesson, you'd, you'd you'd have the girls in the the man's. I taught her at a girls' school. Um, in, in, like there were girls going out there in Man City shirts. I was like, "What are you doing?" Like, outrageous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, like it's about inspiring, you know, new young Arsenal fans um, to 
to be to, to choose Arsenal um, as the team they want to support. You know, because yes, there are supporters that that have it through family, but there are supporters not just here in the UK but around the world that want. To, you think about the global reach Chelsea has. And 20 years ago, the idea that Chelsea would have a global fan base arguably bigger than Arsenal's was laughable, like absolutely mm-hmm. laughable. Mm-hmm. But it's important and you need to be a team that inspires people to want to not only watch football, but support them as a club. And, you know, I'm not downing our, our fan base. Our fan base is great, but it is about protecting your future as well. And I think that obviously being in a position to want to support or make people want to support Arsenal is important. Yeah. Um, Winning helps so, yeah. that, doesn't it, Tom? Winning, like Chelsea won. They won a lot, new fans. City yeah. won a lot, new fans. I mean, the the elder statesmen are Manchester United, Liverpool and uh, and the Arsenal when it comes to you know big clubs over years doing big things. And we've been misinterpreted as a small club because of our Premier League form, whereas we really we are still a massive yeah. club. Honestly, when I, one of the things I hate so much is when you start seeing... Um, like you get clips of influencers online doing debates about why Chelsea are supposedly bigger than Arsenal. It's, it, I hate it. Like the <laughs> argument that Chelsea are bigger than Arsenal, you know, two European cups is, is massive. And I hate it because there's, there's so much valid, validity to their argument. They've got a lot of evidence to suggest that it's true, but you know, it just makes me feel sick in my stomach. Like, the, yeah, the I don't like it. Ever, yeah, that we could ever be compared to Chelsea. Real um, quick, do you know what my comeback is when they say that? I go, so does that mean one. Nottingham Forest are a bigger club than you? Because they've won two yeah. European Cups. So you've won yeah, a... Indeed. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah because I mean, Aston Villa are a, a big exactly. club. But, you know, European Cups are massive, and I'm desperate for Arsenal to one day win one. Um, but, you know, clubs are more than just 20 years of history. You know, clubs are way more than that. And so... Yep. Yeah, you need to put some respect on Arsenal's game. <laughs> Someone turned to me and said, "Mate, you you know you could win a third FA, uh, third European Cup, and Crystal Palace would still be bigger than Chelsea." So you know, um, <laughs> it is what it is. Anyway, um, have you got ten minutes to take some questions? So? Sure, 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 sure. No problem. Yeah, great. Let Let's do it. Um, let's go to first of all. Uh, Brandon says, "I love you two so much as a duo and as individuals. I'm so happy I can catch a show." Brandon, thank you uh, for your kind comment. Very appreciate the kind words. Um, Afsar says, "What will your Europa?" league b team look like next thursday without too much damage b team we gotta mm. win what do you yeah. mean b team we gotta win this thing i really want to win 11 the changes there no i'm not making 11 <laughs> changes no not at all i don't know are you i just i think i'd make about six six changes mm, turner Again. i'd bring in i'd bring in tommy asu and tierney that's already three mm. Fabio Vieira, I'd bring in. Emil Smith-Rowe, I'd give some minutes to. And then, arguably, Kivior, I might be tempted to give a, a debut to, a left centre-back. Play him at the back or in the... Yeah, and who are you playing? At the back, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is a okay. centre-back. Yeah. Yeah. He has played... I yet, mean, that's a, out of desperation, boy. isn't it? If he, was, if he had to play in the middle of the park right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so probably six changes. Sure. Okay, I'll go with that. Six changes. Arguably, if you play Eddie and Ketty, that's seven at the moment because Trossard's our centre forward. I just think it's this part of the tournament where, you know, I guess for this one, yes, but, you know, after this match, I would start playing like the best. I want to win this. I really do. Mm. We haven't yeah, won too. this since Kevin was in the team. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's that's a travesty. That is no offense, Kev. Like, but yeah. it's, it's been too long. Um, I was gutted I weren't at the Emirates on Wednesday because uh, I saw Harry bumped into yeah to Kev 
in the press lounge. But uh, yeah, I'm hoping Kev does one of the European nights at the Emirates, and then I'll be able to catch up with him. Um, Josh says, hi, Sophie and Tom. Uh, a question for the both of you. Which player would you like Arsenal to sign in the summer? We never get these questions. Um, mm. Which player would you like Arsenal to sell? Ooh, good one. one. In one okay. okay, very quick. I'd love to buy Jude Bellingham. And player I would like to sell is... Um, who's on loan right now? Pepe. Let's see. Pepe. There you go. Thank you. I knew I was thinking of someone. <laughs> there you go. Done. Posh. <laughs> uh, yeah, see, I, I, Drew Billing would be my number one as well if I could sign somebody. Um, but if I have to be different, I would sign... I think I still think we need a forwards, um, a competitive forward option. Um, so who's I'd the guy? The, that guy at Napoli. I'm literally. I was just about to say Kvarat Skelia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You. that's literally who I was about name. to say. Um, yeah, the guy that people in the chat were sort of like that guy that I can't say, but Tom knows how to pronounce. Yeah, Kvarat Skelia. Uh, Kvarat Skelia. Yes, yes. Georgian, I've just started you know. calling him Kvar. I don't, you know, yeah. I don't know until Tom tells <laughs> yeah. me otherwise. That's it. <laughs> Very good player. Yeah, him. Um, indeed. Uh, Aditya says, uh, Tom and Sophie at two a.m. All I want to know is, uh, are we winning the title? <laughs> I always said I'd wait until we played the second City game, but that game's not until April, is it? Yeah, I, I used to say that to win the title, we have to beat City once. I don't feel that way anymore. Mm. I think we could lose both games and still win it. <laughs> you know, I went Leicester, and I don't. I know we don't like the comparisons to Leicester, but obviously Arsenal beat Leicester home and away that season they won the league. Um, you don't, and we can We need a point. Up. We need a point. You know why, Tom? I think so, We've got yeah. to play Liverpool at Anfield. Mm-hmm. I think we can win that as well. I think we can win every game. So. <laughs> you sound like Kevin now. <laughs> We're not dropping any points, mate. Like, this is this is it to the end of the season. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. Like, but the thing is, the, the thing is to me is that, yes, we're going to drop points at some point, and it might be to Man City again, but they are also going to drop points. Like They're not the same City side of the, the Centurions, and they, are, they have got draws and losses in them. So... I look forward to that. Coming they've, got Maybe one will be games. they've got some tough games as well, a couple. Yeah, yeah, they have. I think they've got an easier end to the season than us because they've got all the big teams at home. Um, but you're right that, you know, they've got Newcastle at the weekend and we've got Bournemouth at home. That could be a really interesting weekend. I think Newcastle are going to fall off the cliff now. Yes, I so think do they're I, toast. I hope they don't do it yet. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Uh, Stephen says, which player can we not lose to injury? In other words, who is our most important player for the run-in? God, it's so predictable, isn't it? The immediate answer is Thomas Partey because he's yeah. one of our best players who has gotten injured. So I have to stick with Thomas Partey for now. If I said William Saliba, because if William Saliba's out, Rob Holding's in. no. What about our new boy, Jakub? He's left-footed. Oh, because you got Gabby, so you can't. Yeah. I, I think, mean, he's... I think if, if Saliba's out, I think Arteta goes with the holding. It's not to say to I would. I personally play Tommy Asu there. I would. I th- yeah, I think Arteta would play. And I think, who would I rather... Would I rather see an Arsenal team with Jorginho and Saliba or holding and Partey? Oh, geez. Pole of the day. Yeah. Roll the pole. No, I'll, I'll put it in the chat box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's a fair question, isn't it? You know who um, I don't think Arteta... I think Arteta is, has lost faith, faith in holding. 
after his last performance. You cannot. I would rather Saliba played with Tommy than lose. I mean, Gabriel has become so fundamentally important, but I get what you're saying with regards to left foot, right foot. Um, mm. But holding is a disaster for me. I would play Ben White there and play Tommy at right back and do that. Oh, yeah, I'd do that. Yeah, that's a great shout. Yeah, I'd move White. Yeah, Peter says here, White in for Saliba. I think that's probably what we would do, isn't it? Yeah, yeah we'd probably move Ben White into right centre-back. He's just not played that position. I mean, to be fair, neither was Tommy, but, you know, it's... Uh... Yeah, that's probably what we would do. But I, I just have a feeling that Arteta, Arteta rates holding. He likes him. Um, and, uh, you know, I, th- I was talking about this today. One of the pieces I had to write was, with Jesus coming back, who misses out in the squad? And because obviously you've got to get rid of already. Reese Nelson's already missing out because we Partey came back. Um, and you've got three choices really to leave off the bench. Do you leave off Tierney, Holding or Kivior? They're the three people that I think you have to move one out. I think it'll be Kivior personally that misses out because I think he likes Holding coming on at the end of games to see them out if we need he them. Does. Go up. But my goodness, he's he's been rough, really rough. And I think like... At this point, Tom, is mm. trust is huge. It's on the line now. Dude, you could win the Premier League title. Are you going to trust Rob Holding? <laughs> I don't think Look, so. And that's why I think Jorginho Saliba is the combination that I'd go for. <laughs> the holding. Yeah, there you go. It shows you what a good signing Jorginho oh. is still. Uh, a couple more. Uh, Steven says, which player can we not lose? Oh, we've done that one, yeah, sorry. That one. Uh, let's go to Morgie, who says, Ramsdale would have been slaughtered if he had been beaten three times near post, and Pickford has got away with it loads. Is there balance? I mean, the question of who should be England number one, I guess, is there. From Morgie. I mean, I think it's Ramsdale's turn. He's getting close. I mean, Pope, mm. I think, is up there, isn't he, um, as a choice? But for me, Ramsdale... Keep doing what you're doing. His time's going to come. Pickford is in a relegation battle. He's been suspect. Um, and to be honest with you, the less pressure Ramsdale has on being England's goalkeeper, the happier I am right now, selfishly, as an Arsenal fan. Because that is a microscope to be under. You look at the history of uh, goalkeepers after Peter Shilton and David Seaman. I mean, it's, you know, there's been Rob Green had a nightmare. Did he recover? Um, Joe Hart. You know, it's not an easy gig. A lot of people defending holding in the chat. Look, by the way, for the records, I think Holding's <laughs> done some really good things. Um, you're right to bring up the FA Cup. You're right to say that um, he's been relied upon in, in big moments. It's just more about over a long period of time starting holding in this team. Yeah, I, I think that that's uh, that, that FA Cup was in 2017. It's a one-off game, like you know. It's 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 a run of fixtures you got to think about, and I think that having Jorginho and Saliba is more important than having Partey and Holding yeah. in the team. And I, I would love to back him up because I had that moment with Wenger where yeah. I said astute signing, and Wenger asked me to join his, uh, you know, scouting team. Um, but I there's it comes a I time where I don't you, know this story. What's yeah, this? I have to send you the video. Yeah, oh, when okay. they were in Let's LA. Yeah, I'll send you the video. It's hilarious, and. Um, <laughs> And I was excited for him, but there comes a time we've got to pull the Band-Aid off. We've done it before, and we've shown that we can recover for it. Crikey, we pulled the Band-Aid off our captain, who was getting all the goals at some point. Rob Holding, it's time to move on, son. Fair enough. Um, One more from Bradley says, I think if we have a lead over City before Jesus returns, we'll win the league. What do you think? Yes. 
Yeah, I think if we are, if we get Jesus back, I think maybe if it's this lead, maybe if it's two points, maybe not. But if it's five, I think if we get Jesus back and we're still five points ahead before we play City, we're in a very good place. A very, I just very can't good place. take, I cannot take an end of, I can't do the last game. I've told you, every time I bring it up, <laughs> it I just get down to the last game. Yeah. Home to Wolves. Is our last game. What's Man City's Even last if game? I'm sitting in the Little Wonder Cafe for the whole time, I will be there. Do you I'm know... Doing a, I'm doing a parade. Highbury Squad double-decker parade if we win. Who's in? Do you want to know City's last game of the season? I think, uh, uh, yeah, it's um, Brentford. Away. Yeah. Yes. That's not an easy game. I mean, to no. be fair, they might have, they might not have Ivan Tony anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's going to happen to him? We'll see. But their their end to the season is away to Everton, uh, which could be a massive game for Everton. Mm-hmm. Uh, home to Chelsea, and then away to Brentford. That's that's a tough last three games. Our last three games are, I think. They're okay. Um, I know we've got a tricky April. Um, we're at home to Brighton, away to Nottingham Forest, which, of course, they took points off City. And then we're home to Wolves. That's our last three games. But our April is... <laughs> that Brighton game is a little... They're so they're good. This Look how yeah, many they players they've And they've got a good record. At, I don't think we've beaten Brighton at the Emirates for like no. four years. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, April for us is at home to Leeds, but then away to Liverpool, away to West Ham, Southampton at home, Man City away, Chelsea at home. And then at the start of May, we have Newcastle away. That Newcastle away game is going to live in my mind rent-free for the next two months. <laughs> I am not looking forward to that. A, because of the trip up to Newcastle is a long one. Nice city, really nice city, but yeah, I'm not looking forward to that trip. I do love a um, trip to Newcastle. No. Uh, speaking of trips away, uh, Peter Erickson says, looking forward to the Chicago event. Uh, let me just get this up on the screen. There's a nice plug from Sophie's there. A plug from a mug. Um, uh, let's show you this. Uh, for those <laughs> a plug. You mean a plug from a mug, not me, guys. You meant the actual mug. <laughs> <laughs> a plug from a mug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah take it as you will um but uh we, i'm very I, this is i suppose an exclusive um because i don't know if you've announced this yet um but uh sophie is going to be uh, and i hope they're fine with us <laughs> announcing this on here. <laughs> magic's gonna um, be real upset with you now <laughs> otherwise i'm getting kicked off um but uh sophie is is now going to be joining us um in chicago which i am absolutely ecstatic about uh as i know that everybody who is organising the event and attending the event is also going to be absolutely uh, excited about. Um, and it's fantastic, Soph, that you're coming. Um, yeah, tell people how excited you are. <laughs> I'm really excited. I can't wait. I mean, this is your... You, th- we're breaking your cherry, right? This is your first Arsenal America branch yep. event. Kind of, yeah. I was. I have been to New York and I did watch an Arsenal game in New York with some supporters, but it wasn't like an Arsenal America thing yeah so, yeah this is um this is yes. th- these groups are awesome they're great fans they're hardcore they're up at 4 30 in the morning and mm. this just kind of continues the beautiful journey of the different groups around the country and uh i love it um guna palooza 
you got Guna Gra, which was an amazing name. Guna Palooza, I love it. Brilliant stuff. They're a great group in Chicago. Yeah, yeah I'm hurt. I've, I, have you had Malor before? So, yes. And <laughs> never again. A yeah. little, you know, there's certain things you try the once, like a hundred yeah. year old egg in China. Never again, not doing that. Hundred year old egg. Yeah. If I had, if you had to have a uh, a shot the size of an egg of Malor or a hundred year old egg, what would you rather have? I think I'd go for the egg again. <laughs> wow, that's making me feel good because they are <laughs> on it with me, saying like, "You need to try this Malor." It's just like a rite of passage. They're going to destroy you, Tom. <laughs> yeah people in chat those going, midwesterners those midwesterners uh yeah i mean you know if you can duck out of that that would be great for got, you yeah i've got strategies i've got ways i've got excuses i'll uh i'll try my best ginger good is not making yeah. any good about this at all um <laughs> yes if you want to get tickets tickets to my understanding will be available or at least to register for tickets will be available on the 10th of march uh, go to the Chicago Gooners website there. You can find the link to Gooner Palooza, which will give you all the information about how you can get involved. Um, as far as I'm aware, it's, it's a fairly, I, I say small, uh, numbers I think are around 180 um, for the podcast, but uh, some of them are VIP. So if you want to get in quick and get in the front two rows, it's a bit more money, I think, to do it. But uh, it will certainly be worth it just to see Sophie up close. Uh, bring your, So you don't have to bring your binoculars uh, and sit at the back. So there no, you go. No, not me. You've got podcast royalty here. You've got the vision and you've got the Guna talk. Come on. This is massive. It's yes. going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but yes, tickets as far as we're going out on the 10th of March. It's taking place at Redline VR, um, which is uh, obviously, I think, near fairly near the Globe um, pub as well, which obviously be hosting the Thursday night game if you're, if you're getting there before the 21st of April. Uh, but the podcast on the 22nd of April and starting at 1 p.m. Uh, Chicago time. So make sure you get it. I've still got to work out what I'm going to do with 8, 8 a.m. shows. So I was like... Oh. I might, I might have to do it at 8 a.m. US Chicago time. time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah I think yeah. that's what totally. I may be too hungover some days that's... to do them. So... <laughs> so, listen, my Good Morning Gunners show lasted about three episodes. So I, com <laughs> I commend you. I think we're about for... 600 in now. <laughs> it's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. But you're going to catch a ball game while you're out there, too, right? Take me out. As long the as ball we're not game. playing on the Friday. Yes. Right. Uh, okay. should be seeing the Cubs on the Friday. Um, yeah, looking forward to that. So thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate your time, as always. Thank you for having me, Tom. Always great to ha hang out with you. Absolutely. As I said at the start of the show, hopefully Owen and Dr. Raj will be back with us as usual next week uh, when they've recovered from their ailments. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we send them well wishes and hope that they recover quickly from uh, from the man flu that they are both enduring. But um, <laughs> yes, of course, if you do want to get involved with our Strava group, I've been posting recently because I've not been able to go out on runs. I've been posting my golf walks as i go around the course <laughs> instead it, it, strava has a golf setting so i've used that so it's www.strava.com forward slash clubs forward slash e-s-a-r-p 
to join our Strava group. So do get involved with that and get fit with us. I've got to try and lose some weight and gain some muscle before I go to Chicago because I'm going to put on a hell of a lot of weight while I'm out there. I can tell you that for sure. Um, let's uh, let's wrap up, though. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Do drop a like on the video. Do subscribe to the channel. If you will be back tomorrow morning with the 8 a.m. show and then a preview show in the evening ahead of the game against Bournemouth on Saturday. I'll be putting a message into our Discord server so you members can get involved with that. We'll see you again then. Have a fantastic day. Stay safe, stay well, and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered. I fans.